Welcome to Real Talk with Ryman Reason, a space where we're going to explore the relationships that we have with ourselves, our significant others, and the rest of the world around us. I'm your host, Lauren, and together we'll dive into and dissect the stories and narratives we've internalized our entire lives and what it means to fully step into ourselves. And as the mantra around here goes, the apology stops here. Welcome back. I'm your host, Lauren, and today I'm really excited to have um, my best friend, my partner in crime, uh, my husband, Josh, on the podcast today. Hey, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I have a lot to live up to now. That was a nice intro. Okay, how about this? The one that also drives me crazy. There we go. Yep, that sounds right. Perfect. Better. Um. Just to set up the scene a little bit, uh, we are currently in the kids' playroom upstairs. They are both in school. Um, Today is Liesl's first day of kindergarten. And so we're in the house alone for the first time all summer. It's pretty magical. (laughs) It's really So we decided to hang out with all of you guys. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Well, this is something that we've talked about doing all summer, and we knew we wouldn't be able to do it until the kids were in school. Um, It's hard to to record something when every five minutes you got to help somebody. Hey, mommy. Hey, mommy. Hey, mommy. (laughs) Yep. Mama. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So today, um, just... We decided that we're just going to kind of let conversation flow. We want to talk about relationships and communication, and that's legit about all we have discussed prior. Um, So I kind of want to, I guess, give a little info, a little background on us. We have been married, was it 14 years? 14 years. This past uh, May, and we've been together 15 years um we got married at 21 and 22 we were babies um we had our first kid at 24 and 26 yeah um and yeah so we did the whole you're supposed to get married you're supposed to have kids blah 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 buy the house get the dog whatever and um, for a while, it was it was good, or so we thought. Um, it seemed good, even yeah. if that was because we weren't looking under well, the rug. Yeah, we had benchmarks, right? And we had like, oh, check, got it. Yep. Next one, check, got it. Um, and then it really wasn't until like five years ago that you and I went through some really hard shit. Yeah. Um. And I'm not talking like, oh, we had... Couldn't figure out what color curtains to hang. Yeah, or arguments about finances. Like, no, like, we went through some hard stuff. Yeah, I put you through some really hard stuff. Yes. Um, And that forced us to face a lot of things. Um, And have some, at least the beginnings of some very real conversations. Yeah. Um, that are just now really getting better you know, yeah. four or five years yeah. in. Um, and Yeah. 
So my personality, I am the one that wants to talk and have deep conversations. I'm I'm severely introverted. I don't like being around crowds of more than like one, three. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I was going to say three. Anyway, um, but I like to have the deep, intense conversations. That's what I love. That's what makes me feel alive. Um, and I like to, it, if it's real, that's what like kind of feeds my soul. You were the extroverted surface. Everyone loved you. Like, go have a good time kind of guy. Yeah, but then at the same time being very much boxed into I can have one emotion and it's well you know, we, we learned that thing yeah yeah we learned that because I always thought something was wrong with me in the beginning of our marriage of like well why can't I be more like him and through all of our stuff like we found out that you didn't know how and you really ran from all of it yeah, it was a bunch of repressed emotions and a lack of desire to want to speak about anything. I yeah. mean, that was the scariest thing ever. You, know, you, you talked about at the beginning, you know, you're you're the one that wants to talk about your your emotions and your feelings. And I was the one that was like, I don't have emotions or feelings. Let's uh, look over there. There's a squirrel. How about we talk about that? You yep. Know? Yep. Distract. And, distract. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm only mildly better at that now, but, but yeah. it's, it's a work in progress. Yeah. Okay, so I am going to ask you a couple questions. I feel like that's just kind of... I'm scared because we haven't prepped for any of these at all, so... <laughs> you should be scared now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Always. Always. <laughs> um, okay, so question number one is, what's the biggest thing you've learned about communication in our relationship? I think in both funny, funny, haha, but also serious way that it doesn't kill you. And, and that may sound really stupid to, to people listening, but it's like, for me, how I was raised and I think how our society, I don't know whether this is purely a Southern thing or if it's a, like an American thing or what it is, but our society very much treats like, don't talk about your feelings or your problems if you're a guy. Like, you have to just go out and solve them. You have to, you know, suck it up and, and deal with it. Yeah. And so the idea of admitting that I didn't know what to do in a moment felt like, well, if I do that, you're going to leave. Like, I'm I'm not a man. You won't be able to handle it. Or, or being able to say, I have these feelings that are big and I don't know what to do with them. Because for me growing up, it was very much this idea of like big feelings, any big feeling, any big emotion is bad, whether it's yeah. like tremendous highs of like exhilaration and excitement is like, a oh, that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Like you had to flat. play it cool. Yeah. yeah. And, and any negative emotion, jealousy, uh, sadness, emptiness, guilt, um, regret, all of those things were, were, you know, you're taught to bottle them up. And you're allowed to be angry and you're allowed to be, you know, an acceptable level of happy and kind of anything in between that as a guy, it's not allowed. And so learning that I can communicate and say those things and say, I I don't know, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that or saying how I feel and, and, and explaining that and trying to put words to it. It's, it's sometimes really hard. I think you would agree yeah. with that um, for me to, to access and, and to be able to put words to some of that. But then afterwards you and I are closer even if all of my pre-programming tells me that you should be running for the hills 
Yeah. And, and so it doesn't kill me and it doesn't kill us and it, it kind of makes us stronger um, instead. Yeah. Um, I can remember when we first started working through stuff, anytime I would bring up anything serious or if it was directed towards you, like I would, you know, ask you, well, how does this make you feel? Like, what are you experiencing in this moment? Because it's something I could see it on your face. And you always looked terrified, terrified. Deer in headlights. Yeah. I'm kind of giving you that right now, but it's different. (laughs) And... I can remember being like, why, like, what's, what's wrong? Like, why can't you just like, whatever you're feeling, just blurt it out. Tell me whatever. And you did not have the tools, the vocabulary, the language, none of it, the safety. thousand percent. And like, we had to create that safety together. Yeah. And I mean, up until, gosh, over the summer, I know we've had some, discussions we call them passionate discussions passionate discussions <laughs> not arguments <laughs> no passionate, passionate discussions. discussions we squabble sometimes <laughs> according to our kids um where i get very passionate when we talk and because it's something that is very important to me and i am like no 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 we're going to figure this out like we we can talk about this. We can do this. I have big feelings. I'm not going to hide them, right? I'm not going to apologize for them. Um, and then I started having to explain to you, listen, the me that woke up with you this morning and like cuddled with you and like we had coffee together and it was great and we joked is the same me in this conversation. And I think it's taken you a really long time for you to connect those and understand like that. Okay. When she's happy and when she's upset, she's still the same person. Right. And I wasn't, I was never coming after you. It was more of like, Hey, no, no, no. Get in this with Space me. with you. Yeah. 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 No, a thousand percent. Um, I, I think that sometimes we talk about like, you know, I don't, I hate to generalize for all guys or all girls, but it's like, for me, I'll say, it's almost like all of these thoughts and feelings are in shoeboxes in my my, mm-hmm. my brain. And I just, you know, take one shoebox out and I'm like, okay, I'm going to be this right now. And then you put the lid on and you put it back up. And I think that's how a lot of guys function and maybe maybe a lot of women as well. But then for you, I think the, the analogy was always like spaghetti, a spaghetti, yeah. a clump of spaghetti and all the noodles are pulled together and there's no separation. Everything touches everything. And like, so to me, in those moments, you would have these feelings and I'm like, well, you're in a, a shoebox that I don't want any part of. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> and, and instead, you know, you're, you're just, you're all, you're all together and you're all encompassing and, and it's a much more authentic way, I think of, of being and living, um, but it's definitely not something that I think as, as a, as for myself that I was taught or that I had experience with or knew how to do. That you had permission. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost like, um, Brene Brown talks about you know, vulnerability hangovers. And I feel like I almost had like a mm-hmm. pre vulnerability. The idea of being vulnerable in a conversation made me feel like I had a vulnerability hangover before the conversation ever even happened. Yeah. And so then it's like, you're paralyzed, you're you're not able to function just in a normal conversation. I mean, it can yeah. be about anything. And it's like, as soon as it turned towards me, it was like, oh, nope, nope. Yeah. Wall. <laughs> Don't talk about this. Let me make a joke and try to redirect. Oh my God. That was, oh, you and you've caught it and you've changed it. But like anytime we would talk about anything serious or whatever, um, Josh would make a joke 
and it would drive me crazy. And it wasn't until I learned the language to describe how I felt is it felt very dismissive of how I was feeling and what I was experiencing and what, you know, I was fighting for, um, i.e. our marriage or our family or whatever. And so when you would make a joke, it was legit your defense mechanism. But to me, it was like, it's not worth talking about. Like our marriage isn't worth whatever. And so then I would get super defensive and like we would come at each other, not at each other, but like we would come to each other with being on completely different pages and we weren't able to communicate. And I see this time and time again, whether it's with people I coach, whether it's with friends, family, whatever, is we see how people communicate past one another yeah at each other and and at each other behind them yeah yes yes and and this is something that i think both of us are pretty like passionate about um because one of us is better at doing it than the other but we're definitely passionate about (laughs) i mean trying to solve it because everything for us thousand percent everything i mean we literally were beyond scraping the bottom of the barrel for our marriage to we've never experienced marriage like this ever. And, and and I don't think that a lot of people do yeah, in life it makes in general. Me, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, for me, I can, I can look around the proverbial room at, at people and you just don't see a lot of those connections. I think a lot of it is this, this disconnect between how, men are raised and socialized or, or more masculine energy people are mm-hmm. raised and socialized versus um, females or, or more feminine energy people. Like, yeah. I, I, th- I think that those things are socialized at such a young age and and it becomes this, this impossible thing where people can't, you know, y- you can't question this about somebody else and it's like well why not why there's, why can't you there's so there's so many things to it right like you talk about energy and that's such like i'm so glad you brought that up we talked about this what two nights ago yeah um we had a really long discussion um about our energies because we are given this role at birth you know if you're a, a male you're the provider, you're the strong one, you're the angry one, you're whatever. The female is the nurturer. She's the one that sacrifices, and I say that with quotation marks, sacrifices. Um, And she's the one that has to do everything. And, you know, all the kids stuff and all the holiday stuff and a lot of, of the home stuff falls on her. What you and I have learned is I have a lot of masculine energy and we talk about this a lot. I think I'm that way naturally, but also my dad raised me for a large part of my life. And so he was who I hung around with. That That's what I knew, but that's what I felt comfortable with. Yeah. You tend to have some feminine energy where you like doing things like in the home, like you get a lot of satisfaction out of doing dishes and laundry and doing... You mean everyone doesn't? 
No, no, they don't. (laughs) And I'm grateful that you do. But like the grocery runs, stuff like that. And that always made me almost resent you in the beginning of our marriage because I thought something was wrong with me. And it's like you talked about the roles at the beginning and it's like, you're you're given this role at birth based on mm-hmm. your your gender or your parts and then it's like i i don't know of anyone that is 100% masculine energy all the time yeah. they might be forced to try that yeah. or 100% feminine energy and maybe in some some cults or some other areas like people have been brainwashed into that but i think that every human being is made of a blend of masculine yeah. and feminine energies yeah. in different places I don't mind doing, I enjoy doing things around the house. It's a feminine energy in that flow. There are other areas in life where I have a very masculine flow. And I think that it's an ebb and flow of those two things for everyone across every different thing. But if you're stuck in a rigid gender role, then you can't, you can't accept those ebbs and flows and it has to only be a flow. You're, well, you're constantly fighting with yourself and you're going to constantly fight with those in the house yeah because it challenges you uh it makes you see things about yourself that you don't like where i when you would do those things and get satisfaction out of them i'd be like why in the hell like why are you so happy right now because that's not how i feel when i do the dishes like fuck that you know (laughs) i've noticed that yeah like (laughs) but it's because i was never given the space to explore that about myself and learn those things about myself so then I couldn't tell you those things and we it was just kind of like a friction and I think a lot of people have that in their relationships yeah it was a friction between you and I and then it was also a friction just within your own head I mean because yes it's just where you talked about a little bit about your dad raising you and and your dad is very masculine energy yes um individual and I think he raised you in a way that you would look up to and idolize him, which is clearly going to give you a lot of those masculine influences into your energy. But then you're raised in an, in an area and in a time period and in everything else where what's expected of you is very feminine energy. And so it's a massive conflict constantly going on between what, what your heart knows that you are and how you've been raised. And then what your what your brain is sitting here going like, well, no, my role says that I should be this, but, but those two things don't align. And, and it's finding the way to, to make that. We always talk about, and, and it's hard because nobody's going to see, uh, we say like, I know, like I know in my head something, but I don't know it in my heart. And so I can't yeah. do it. And it's very much that kind of that conflict between those two parts. It, it, it can be debilitating, I think. And that's, that's where I lived, you know, for, easily the first nine, 10 years of our marriage and, and probably even more like the, the first 13 or 14 years. And maybe I'm just now starting to come out of that shell, but yeah, but it's, it's a, a challenge, I think all the way around, um, for, for both men and women, um, to kind of wrap their hands or wrap their hands around that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So another question. Oh, oh goodness. <laughs> that wasn't enough. <laughs> What would you tell someone that has been told that they're not a good communicator? What would you tell them should be the first things that they do or what would help or anything to kind of like help someone along? 
so uh, maybe an over overgeneralization as well, but uh, speaking from my own experience, people that generally aren't deemed good, I'm using air quotes here, but communicators are generally shame-based people. Yes. Um, I certainly am. And so that tape that plays inside your head when you're a shame-based person is you're not good enough. You're not good enough. You're not going to be good enough. You're not going to do this right. You're not going to communicate right. So why even try? Put your guard up. You know, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. You're not good enough. And so to me, the thing that I would want someone that was struggling with learning how to be a better communicator, whether that's at work or in a relationship or just with friends or however, is to say, you don't have to be good at it. In fact, you're going to suck 100%. at it. You're yes. going to fail at this yep. over and over and over again. I certainly do. I mean, I <laughs> one of the big areas that we fight against uh, or have passionate discussions about is when we're talking, I'll say something and I say it incorrectly and I know that I do, but you'll you'll say, well, like, well, why is this? And I'll say, no, 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 that's not what I meant. And I think the words no, no, no coming out oh of my, my mouth um, are a trigger for you hundred, in, yep. in, in um, unproductive ways for both of us to, to continue the conversation. But but it's because this, this perfectionism and the shame base going like, well, okay, I didn't do it right now. And so I've got to learn better ways to, to handle those moments when I'm not understood well. But I mean, this is not, this is all to say that like, I don't do this well the majority of the time, but you've got to learn that it's okay to try. And you got to start somewhere. You got to start somewhere. And even if it's miserably bad, and it it. will be, it will be miserably bad. Yes. But if you don't try and if you don't do it, it's never going to get better. Yep. And I think that the other part of that is to say, because again, shame based person, it's all my fault. It's my fault. I'm not good enough, whatever else. Well, no shit that you're bad at communicating. Like if you take a few minutes and this is not easy, I say a few minutes, but really it's like a few weeks, months, whatever it is looking at yourself internally. And maybe that's with the help of a coach or a therapist or somebody else. I don't know. Maybe you can do this stuff on your own. Um, I don't know. But if you take a look back at your family of origin, at your past and at your experiences and how you've been brought up and raised, there's a reason that you're not good at communicating yeah. and it's not your fault. It's all the socializing. It's the skills that you learned as a child, as an adult, how you've learned to manage situations. All of those things have made it where you're not air quotes here, good at communicating. So it's not your fault and you're not going to be good at it on the first try, but you have to try. Yeah. And so you have to give yourself permission to screw up, which I struggle with daily. Mm-hmm. but you have to give yourself that permission to to screw up and you have to just try. Yeah. One thing that I would like to talk about, because I think a lot of people don't even understand what communication is. I kind of want to talk about that because I think when you first get married or you've been married for a while and you always get advice and you always hear communication is key and you're like, great thanks like yeah it's it's right up there with happy wife is happy life right like okay but but happy couple is happy life right i mean it's not it's not a one side fits all type thing and people think of communicating as well i'm gonna tell you what i think right i'm gonna talk to you that's communication i i am 
I'm giving you words. You better listen. Being heard is the goal. And that's that's not correct. Yeah, exactly. And um, that's not communication. That's just talking. That's monologuing. <laughs> that's monologuing. <laughs> that's, that's not dialoguing. <laughs> correct. That's just moving your mouth and hearing yourself talk. Um, communication is about understanding how you communicate and how you receive communication in a way that's beneficial for you. Now, once you know how you communicate, whether you're someone who likes to talk it out, like me, or someone that needs time to chew it over, like me. you. Um, and there, I mean, there's so many different styles of communicators. But the key, the communication key is Knowing how your partner communicates, how they receive communication, and then you have to communicate in their language and vice versa. They need to communicate in yours. Yeah, very much a meeting of, of the minds, meeting of the, the words. And, and I'd add to that too. I think that if you don't do that, then you can never really communicate because the other person is not understanding you. And I think at the end of the day, the definition of communication is much less getting your point out there into the world and saying it so that it's, you know, loudly and everyone can hear it. But it's more of did your audience, which in this case is, you know, if I'm speaking to you, it's you. Mm-hmm. Um, but did your audience understand what you said? And right. that's 100% what you're saying. If, if, if you can't say it in a way, um, just using as an example, um, I think we both talk quite a bit about, or we've talked quite a bit about like, what are things that you do that I don't, that I can't hear? And one of the things that we've talked about is when you say words like never or always, yeah. I, my, Shut down. I, I don't know how to like stop it. I'm working on it, but like, I don't hear a single word that you said <laughs> after that. Because what, what I hear is when you say never is I'm like, well, there was one time 17 <laughs> years ago that I did this thing. And, and you used to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I have now lost track of what point you were making. I yep. have not heard it. I have not understood it because yep. my defense systems have been triggered and they are on high alert for incoming, you know, bombs at this point. And that was something that was really hard for me to, I think, swallow my pride because I'm like, oh my gosh, are you, are we being literal right now? Like, I mean, 85, 90% of the time this never happens. But that's not always. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh-huh. yeah. and, and, and it's the same, I think, looking the other way around, too. You would you would tell me, like, I don't need you to solve this problem for me. I don't need you to tell me what I should do. I need you to just listen and understand what I'm saying. Yeah. And you talk about, like, well, holding, holding space. space. Exactly. Yeah. And that has been a constant struggle because mm-hmm. I don't want, not that I don't want to do that, but I, I don't always know how to do that. And so the first reaction to to hearing these feelings of negative feelings or whatever else that's coming out is to say well how do i fix that how do i make bad how do do i I make make it go away never happen again but that's not what you're asking for especially Mm -mm. if things that aren't involving me it's like you're not asking me to fix a problem that you have in another relationship or at work or in whatever else like you're asking me to just listen to you and, and acknowledge that like yeah, that fucking sucks. Like, I don't, I wouldn't want to go through that and deal with that. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, a give and a take, um, on both sides to yeah. try to get to where, 
where we're at. And I think we're just now scratching the surface of some of that yeah. in our own personal yeah. lives. Um, you, you hit on something that I wanted to talk about. Sorry, is... I got long winded there. <laughs> it's okay. I'm used to it. I'm budding. <laughs> um, yeah, the well, side note, funny thing is once this guy learned to open up and communicate, it was like, a, like a, a, what do you call it? Like a, like a epiphany. <laughs> no, like a flood of like, oh, yeah. let me tell you, um, which has been wonderful. It really, she says really now, has. no, 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 is. I know it is. Um, but something that I was going to talk about is. I think a lot of people, you were talking about like something being bad and needing to fix it. If we could learn, and I know this is easier said than done, but if we could learn to look at things that happen, right? Challenges, roadblocks, what have you, learn to look at them as this is going to help me, right? I know we, none of us wants to hear it, but legit the truth. Like there are things that we have to go through and experience in order to learn. There's no way around it. And the way that I explain this is all the mamas out there, you will understand and and the the dads too, is you when you get pregnant with your first child, and you are so excited and it's going to be the best thing ever and it's going to be beautiful and you're going to glow and you're not going to do certain things with your kid because you're not going to be that kind of parent. And then you talk to people and you're so excited and people tell you, oh, just wait. And they don't seem as excited as you. And you're like, well, shit, like, thanks for raining on my parade. And what it takes is you having to have that baby and go through the newborn stage and go through the toddler stage and all the sleepless nights and all the shit and you wind up doing all the things you said you'd never do to understand what they were talking about. They weren't raining on your parade. They were telling you the truth. Like, hey, it's going to be shitty. Some of it might be a little bit of jaded truth. But yeah. Well, <laughs> it's but, it's, the truth. but it's like buckle up, you know? Yeah. And that's how I explain is when roadblocks and challenges come up in our lives, you have to go through them. There's no way around like around it. You can't envision something beautiful. You can't like, oh, if I just do this, it'll be easier. Or, oh, I, if I if I see this person over here doing, I'm not going to do it. And I've learned the lesson. No, you haven't. You're going to learn the lessons when you go through them. Just the same thing as conversations. Having hard conversations are going to bring you closer, even if it's not that night. Like, if you can communicate effectively about hard stuff and you're going to come up with like against hard emotions and feelings and whatever it's going to help you understand not only yourself but your partner better so I feel like we're kind of reaching the end of this episode and I want to end on a tip for people that want to try communicating better more effectively just 
try communicating. Wine. <laughs> oh, wait, no. That wasn't the tip you were looking for? Okay. No, but it does help some. <laughs> okay. All right. It does. Good. Um, something that we learned is um, I, like, if mm, I don't have an issue sitting down and talking, like, that's, that comes more natural to me. But for someone who I think it's harder for, one of the things that we learned is we learned that we could have really good conversations while we walked. And it's because it activated a different part of your brain that allowed your defense mechanisms to lower. And it's like that whole like giving your your hand something to do. Like while walking, it it lowers the defense mechanisms because you're engaging a different part of your brain that allows you to then have conversations and talk about certain topics and you don't immediately go into your your yeah fight flight or freeze mode yeah it's, it's like when you have these conversations and you're sitting or standing and they start to get hard and if you find yourself or your partner you know starting to cross their arms shutting down from a body language perspective I mean, once that happens, it's it's all over, and and you know you. It's not all over, but you need to change. But you have to finesse that out because yes. at that point, one person has started to get flooded; they're shutting down. Yeah, and and you need a little bit of space and and such to go on. But when you're walking, it's really hard to walk with your arms crossed and your body shut down. And one thing that we used to find was pushing a stroller. Like if I had my hands on a stroller and was pushing it. I you, could connect and open up in a way that was very different. You felt from, safer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, it, and and so then I can communicate in ways and hear you even in ways yeah. because I'm not tuning it out. I'm not shutting down. Um, I'm, I'm being active in some yeah. way. So maybe if you can't go on a walk, maybe try doing laundry together. Like do something while you talk and see if that helps absolutely and also keep it within a time frame yeah because and and we still struggle with that yeah as you spoke like people get flooded and then they can't take on anymore so keeping it restricted to a certain time allows for it to be safer to be processed digested like yeah And, and if you're someone like me too it's where you need to have time away to process it and to come back. It's okay to ask for that. Don't do like I did and still sometimes do where you yeah, say like, I need a few minutes stop and then talking. you just, well, well, or say, Hey, I need, I need some time to process this and then never come back to it ever again yeah. and hope that it just yeah. dies a, a, you know, a uh-huh. quiet death somewhere yeah. hidden over here. That's not infuriating. So you, you have to come back to it and, and, and realize it. But like, if you need that time, it's okay to ask for that. And, and partners, if you're, if you're married to, or if you're with someone who is that way, understand that they're not sitting here saying like, Hey, I can't talk to you anymore right now. But if you want to have a productive conversation, then, you know, you've got to give them a little bit of time to process all of the things that you've just said too. Because what happens if not is... come back to it. Yeah. Come back to it. What happens if not is they either shut down and you get nothing out of them or they're going to bark. Yeah. And... And it's not going to go well because then both of you are defensive and triggered and it's a shit show from there. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't end well for anybody. So, yeah, knowing where the, the boundaries and the, the borders are for each of you. I'm so proud of you. I know. One time in a row. <laughs> I'm like listening to like how you're speaking and I'm like, oh my God, you've been listening. 
Sometimes. Don't tell my wife. <laughs> He's listened. He's listened. Okay, Again, so... Do as, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> I think this is a good place um, to stop for today. Okay. And there are so many things I think like we hit on. I'm like, oh, we need to go deeper into that. Or we need to bring up certain specific situations or arguments or, you know that we can like dive into because I think there was a lot of information here today. So if you're walking away from this, like, holy fuck, that's maybe okay. you're flooded and, and yeah, shut maybe, down. Yeah, I mean, who yeah. knows? Um, put us on pause and then come back. Um, so thanks for listening. I hope you guys have a wonderful day and um, until next time. See ya. Bye.